Good evening, Church. Welcome to our very special Palm Sunday service on uh, Sunday evening. Uh, yep. So even as we uh, prepare for for time of uh, being being in the house of the Lord, shall we just uh, take this time to, to quiet down our hearts as the band leads us in, in this song, and to just spend some time, you know, just reflecting on on the week that has passed, reflecting on uh, how it is that, that God has led us through, and remembering what what this season is as we celebrate Holy Week from Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday, just reflect on why it is that, that we are gathered here today, why it is that that we can, you know, that we worship and we call upon the name of the, the God that we do, just you know, spend some time. You stood before creation
from today as we remember Palm Sunday all the way to Monday Thursday where Jesus in humility and love washed the feet of his disciples and where Jesus instituted the Last Supper which is our Holy Communion that we celebrate today and of course we have the Holy Weekend Good Friday and we look forward to the Resurrection Sunday where we celebrate the Resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ may we take time to reflect take time to give thanks take time to embrace this week with a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. So God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray, O oh God, and we commend to your fatherly goodness all those who are anxious and distressed in mind or body. Comfort and relieve them in their need, in their pain and grant them patience in their suffering and bring good out of their troubles. At this time, church, brothers and sisters, let's remember those we know who are suffering in body and mind and spirit. I would encourage you right now to just leave them before the Lord. Leave them, name them to the Lord, and lay, name their ailment to the Lord. The Lord God, our great physician, whose hand is not too short to reach out and touch our loved ones. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer, we call upon you today and we ask that you stretch forth your healing hand to touch the physical body of our loved ones, those who are suffering in body and mind. You also want to remember that those who those who have been diagnosed with dementia among our loved ones and those who may have mental challenges among those that who we know we commend them to you O oh God that God that you reveal yourself to them in a way that they can understand that indeed you are the king of glory that Lord that in your grace and mercy that you will reach out to them and draw them to yourself. Oh God, Heavenly Father, Merciful Father, we pray that you accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.
Okay, going to bring us through just a few quick announcements. Actually, not very quick today, but a few important announcements for this week. Um, first up, we're going to remind everyone that this Friday, our East uh, Good Friday service, sorry, our Good Friday service is happening here in the sanctuary at 1 p.m. So the Good Friday service is happening here. Um, at 1 p.m. on Friday. Then on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, we'll have a special speaker, Reverend Timothy Ewing Chow. He is a man with a lot of passion, a man with a lot of fire. He's going to come and share the gospel with us. Um, the theme will be on how deep the Father's love is going to happen on 5 p.m. next Sunday. Bring your friends. There will be dinner after service. So don't run away. Or else the youth have to eat the whole buffet again. Then Sihan and I will get too fat. Okay, so next Sunday, Easter, 5 p.m., bring your friends, bring your family members. There will be dinner after service. We will have a special guest speaker. That is for next Sunday, 5 p.m., the 9th of April. Next one, just to remind everyone, the week after that will be our AGM on the 15th of April. So the nominations for ECC will close by today. If you have any questions, if you have any questions, you can email them to swiheng at ase.org.sg or you can email Pastor Darren directly um, and we will try and answer the questions before the AGM to quicken up the process at AGM. Do submit your questions by the 8th of April. If you are on our electoral roll, this week you will have already received the report via your emails. If anyone has not received your report, you can re approach Swiheng after service as well. Okay, so the AGM will take place on the 15th of April. All questions to be in by next Saturday, 2, 3, Okay, we're going to play two videos now. The first is a recap of what happened at Larger Than Life at Youth Alpha two weekends ago. Um, we got loads of testimonies and thanksgivings. You'll see um, the statistics on the screen. After that, we will play a church camp video and then I'll share a little bit more after.
Love is the ocean, you can drown me. It's sweet and bright, the love is taste. I taste the sea, I'm on it, race the place to be. It means I'm definitely the umbrella. I'm cool in the cold and the hot weather, bro. I have been to many church camps, in fact too many to count. My fond memories have to do with food, fun and fellowship. The most important item is spiritual food. I get teaching that is nourishing for the soul. It builds up my faith and gives me strength to meet life challenges. Of course I get to taste local delights, such as chendol, durian, chakwetiao and peranakan food. So I am physically well fed. Every camp has activities that are uniquely different, such as skit, singing, amazing race, costume parade games, and even morning workouts with Chris. They make the camp enjoyable and are good for de-stressing, so this is the fun part. Finally, fellowship. This is the best time, about three solid days, to hang out with fellow believers and make new friends. So in this year's camp, I look forward to food, fun, and fellowship. Well, revival can mean uh, bring back to life so that we can be happy, healthy and hopeful. We certainly can look forward to this year's camp. I'm sure it will be a wonderful camp. Thank you very much. I think for me, it's really getting to know the different church members better, especially those that I don't really talk to so much on a normal basis, on a usual basis. And uh, of course, not forgetting the summer times as well at night. Yeah. I think for me it's quite similar. Yeah, because I, when I started to join All Saints, right, I was quite new. I didn't uh, get to know why I learned very uh, deeply. So, through the church camp, right, that really provided me with an opportunity to know why I learned. Yeah. And yeah, also, it's really quite a wonderful experience for me to, uh, you know, I suffer with others, to go out with others. And we have fun. You know, as a model of Christ. Church camp only happens once, uh, you know, once every two years. Yeah. And then with the COVID, right, I, I think we have not been having church camp for quite a number of years. Yeah. So I think, you know, um, besides attending church, you know, but we also don't really mingle that much of the church, right? So with this church camp, I believe that we can, you know, spend more time together. Time yeah, so like what um, Ling Thomas mentioned, uh, it's been actually four years since the last, last church camp. Yeah, so I think it's really um, yeah, a good time to come together to just relax, have fun, and also, of course, um, to have an extended time um, to just tune in to what um, God will um, bring through the speaker. I think it's really important. Yeah, my prayer will be in Hebrew chapter 10, verse 24 to 25. And 
Yes, so a message on behalf of our church camp committee. Two messages. One, registration is still open. If you haven't signed up, what are you waiting for? <laughs> well, we will send out the link um, after service today. Okay, so everyone can sign up for church camp. And for those who have already signed up after service today, um, Joel, wave. Joel's at the back. Um, Auntie Charlotte. Auntie Charlotte, wave. Okay, you can approach Auntie Charlotte, Joel, or White Chong as well. Why John can wave after the service today to do one of two things. One, check how much um, your final package is for church camp. So those, those who are in the first 50, you will have your early bird, etc., etc., etc. So you can approach them to check how much your final package is for church camp. Additionally, if you want to pay on the spot, you can pay now, pay la, but please go to them so that you can sign off that you have paid. So don't transfer on your own accord, okay? You can pay now, pay la, but go and see them as well because we want to let you choose your shirt size. Okay, so that's for after service today. Approach them if you have signed up for Church Camp 2023. Now we invite Auntie Wendy to share a little testimony with us. Good afternoon, brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm here for, for our Lord Jesus Christ to praise Him, to give Him glory. Thank you. Okay, on the 24th of March, that is on Friday. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I normally go to work at Pongo, so I need to go to the Pongo interchange, all right? So uh, when I drop and arrive on the bus, I tend to go to the toilet and I will meet a friendly maid. <laughs> a maid that I always, the timing is so good that she always meet me there. And then we don't know each other. But I was uh, spurred by the Holy Spirit. What are you waiting for? Then, prompted by this Holy Spirit, I started a conversation with her, being reminded of God's words that are given to me at the same time. In John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Amen. So she worked at the store, and there's an interchange there, and I never stopped to say hello to her each time I walked past the interchange. And slowly she started to share her personal detail to me. And then I came to know that she came to Singapore to work with her husband and her brother. And he worked and he left behind a six-month-old baby, a six-month-old daughter with the father looking after and relative looking after. And the, and the mom has been passed away. And then she said, told me that time is difficult for her, but she still has to continue to work in Singapore. Okay, so she poured out the all her words to me when she's in Singapore, she used to hear from her dad say, uh, teachers complaining, her daughter 
uh, is slowly now saying that when you study, and another doctor is seven years old. From three, six months, she was away, here and then she will go back to visit them. And then she's a bit worried, and then she, the doctor, the teachers also warn her and tell her, maybe you should go and consult the doctor, bring your doctor to go and consult the doctor. So recently also because she has some health issues, so diarrhea here and there, she got shingles, and she also worries so much about it, and her work environment also, she's not happy because people tend to bully her, she said, because she was so naive and quiet. So um, with this, I'm hearing her story, I start to take, uh, told her that opportunity come, right? I would say, I'm a Christian, can I pray for you? Wow, she said, oh, she said, well, okay, she accepted it. Then at this point, I shared the gospel with her, asking her to rely on our divine help, Jesus. Only the divine help can help her, right? Because she goes through a lot of um, hardship. And then, the, but God is good. She told me to, she told me that she knew about, she told me that she knew about Christ here and there. She listened to people here and there. But don't really, really get to know him, right? Moreover, she worked on weekend. She only off um, on Wednesday, fortnightly. Supporting, right? Only one day off fortnightly. So, so there's no chance for her to go to church. So I told her, never mind. I tell her, say, mm. then when I was talking and looking at her, I spotted a, a, a little cross, mini cross at her neck. And I asked her, are you Christian already? She said, oh no. Because I think I wear the cross to make me feel so good. To make me feel good. I said, oh, that's good. So with this, I asked her to trust on Jesus. Right? I continue to pray with her. Whatever problem she has, I'm there to pray with her. And, and she seemed to like it. And she accepted me to pray. To, and also when I asked her, why not you accept Jesus as a Savior? Seem to really, really love the Lord. And believe our divine Jesus will do something to your life. You just wait for your timing, right? And she believed in me, and to, to God grace and to God glory, Lord, and I led her to the sinner prayer. All the glory to God. Everybody say, Amen. Okay, so I have the second, mm, I have the second testimony to give you, to give glory to, to, give glory to God. And this happened again on the next Friday, 31st, the last of the 1st of March. All right? Happened on Friday again. I said, oh God, Friday again. So I remember the verse in, in Isaiah 55 verse 9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my way higher than your way. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And this come into my mind. And so I received a part-timer uh, staff who joined my working place last year. One day I guided her to receive the school children from designated place. You're supposed to receive the children from those bus stops and everything. So while waiting and while waiting, normally I would try to spend my time by reading and memorize God's scriptures word. By memorize, it's not easy to remember or forget or to repeat everything. Then she came to know, when I do that, she came to know that I am a Christian. Amen. So, and she was about 29 years, she was about 29 years old. So I took every opportunity given to me to tell her about God's word that I have learned. She just nodded with a 
Yeah. 
the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the cloud said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if this were silent, the very stones will cry out. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Eric, for reading for us this evening. Church, a very good evening to one and all. Welcome to this our Palm Sunday service. Now, we will take a short break from our usual sermon series for today because we enter now into what the church calendar terms as Holy Week. And Holy Week begins this weekend, which commemorates Palm Sunday. And so probably when you came in, you all received your little palm crosses, right? If you don't have them, you may go and see sweeping at the end of the service to collect your palm crosses. And Palm Sunday really is a time where we, the Bible records Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And here we will be transported back in time to the final week of our Lord's early ministry, leading all the way to his gruesome death on the cross on Good Friday, and then eventually ending with his glorious resurrection in the morning of Sunday, of Easter Sunday. And so we find that over the next three services, starting today, we will be exploring three significant words that define these historic events. And so we mentioned to you just now by Pastor Joseph, but just to, again to recap, for today, as I mentioned, the focus will then be on this word, divided. And here we will be challenged to seriously consider our Christian walk with the Lord. Are we divided in our commitment to Him, or are we willing to stand firm in our devotion to Him? This is what we're going to explore today. Then as we come on Good Friday, Pastor Joseph will highlight on this word, DAP. Here he will be reflecting on the debt that we owe to God due to our sins. And this will eventually lead us to Easter, where our guest speaker, Reverend Timothy Ewing Chow, he will speak on the depth of the deep love of Christ in rectifying the depth that we have. And so again, just to recall, note that this Easter service will be an evangelistic service, so do invite your non-Christian friends to attend. And once again, just to give a good reminder for all of us, Easter service is not on Sunday morning. Easter service next week will be 5 p.m. All right, so don't, I don't receive call from people saying, hey, Pastor, what happened? How come morning got no service or Saturday got no service? Okay, no, we have not been raptured. It's just that you probably forgot, okay? It's supposed to be on Sunday, 5 p.m. All right, so with that, can we just open the word of prayer as we give this time to the Lord? So, so gracious and heavenly Father, as we enter now into the final week of your Son's last days on earth, Father, we pray, Lord, that as we walk through with Jesus, help us to be mindful of what he is going through. Help us to know, Lord, that this final week are the days where he desires to go forth, to live the life, to challenge us to live the life that we ought to live. So, Father, as we go through this whole week, we pray, Father, that you speak to us. May the Holy Spirit continue to guide us to understand the struggles that he's going through and may our devotion of him be right. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What a final week it will be for Jesus. 
And as we look into the passage that we was read by Eric a while ago, we find that Jesus in verse 28, giving instructions to two of the disciples to go and find a coat in the village, Jesus seems to be doing exactly what his disciples expected him to do. And that is to take charge, make a bold statement, and enter Jerusalem as the Messiah that he is. And so the coat was brought to Jesus, and the, and the disciples laid their cloak on the animal's back for Jesus to sit on, and together they headed towards Jerusalem. Now, as they approached the city, we are told that multitudes crowded the streets because many pilgrims, many residents of the city, they were preparing what is known as the Feast of the Passover. And the Feast of the Passover was the most memorable feast in the history of the Jewish people. Why? Because this Passover feast simply memorialized God's deliverance. The meal of lamb and bitter herbs as well as other symbolic food that will be eaten that week reminded the Jews that God had freed their ancestors from the slavery of Egyptian bondage. And the prayer in Jesus' day, of course, was that the Jews will pray from the, that they will be free from the oppression of Roman control. And you find that the submissive, that the subversive nature of the Passover was also not lost on some passionate Jews. You see, thoughts of freedom and memories of the Maccabean Revolt some 150 years ago was still very vivid and fresh in the hearts of these so-called faithful Jews. And you find that languishing in prison was several insurrectionists. And these were rebels. These were people who had attempted to overthrow the rule, the, the rule of Rome in the surrounding region. And one of them you probably come to know, his name happened to be Barabbas. And by today's standard, Barabbas would have been labeled as a domestic terrorist. And so, and so you see, when Jesus came riding into Jerusalem on the first day of the Passover week, the, the crowd was looking for someone to rally around. They were looking for someone to carry the banner of freedom and liberation for them. But Jesus was not traveling the road to revolution. Jesus was traveling on the road to Calvary. And on the road to Calvary, Several things happen. Now, of course, you find that the disciples didn't kind of, you know, they didn't understand that Jesus was, you know, as he was traveling on this road, that he was heading towards his death by the end of the week. You see, every time Jesus tried to mention this topic, tried to prepare the disciples of his death, they would immediately protest and say that he speak no such thing. Why? Because like any other Jew, they believed that Jesus was the one prophesied to overthrow the Roman rule. And so whenever Jesus brought this up, they said, no, don't talk about such thing. And they even vowed, each vowed that they would defend and stay with him to the very end, regardless of the outcome. And you find that they were not alone. Because on that Sunday, not only were the disciples joyous, you find that the crowd present, they were energized. They were energized with the shout of Hosanna to the Son of David as Jesus rode slowly through the crowd. You see, the residents of Jerusalem and the Jews from all over the area who arrived for the Passover, they yearned only for one thing and one thing only, freedom. 
You see, they despised the presence of Roman centurions in the city. They looked away as Roman troops parade through the streets of Jerusalem, holding high the standard bearing the Roman eagle. And every time they had to shop in the market square, guess what? They had to use Roman coins stamped with the likeness of Caesar. So you see, if you put yourself in a situation, Roman presence, power, and domination, it seems, was everywhere. And as a Jew, they didn't like it. So as Jesus rode into Jerusalem, those who sang, those who shouted, those who followed him, well, we can say that they were his admirers. They were his admirers. They liked that Jesus dared to stand up against the corrupt politician leaders. They like Jesus because he stood against the religious figures. They like Jesus because he was a man of the people. He ate with sinners and talked with prostitutes. They had been looking for a hero and they were convinced that Jesus was the one. And of course, not to mention, they heard of the many reports that Jesus could heal the sick, Jesus could feed the hungry, and that when he prayed, evil spirits fled from those they possessed. All the more to admire Jesus. He was seen as a revolutionary and a mystical man, a great combination for the nation. But here's the thing, isn't it? The problem with admirers is that we only tend to see what we want to see in our heroes. Isn't that true? We like a person only because what we like in that person. Other than things, we don't bother. And what the multitude saw in Jesus was that he was the son of Joseph. He was not the son of God. These admirers, when they see Jesus, they saw him as a revolutionist. They didn't see him as a redeemer. They wanted another Maccabee, a hero from the past, not the Messiah. In short, they admired Jesus only because they thought he was the answer to their current predicament. And when it turns out to be that he was not the one they had expected, it's no wonder you find that by the end of the week, those who admire Jesus on Sunday, who were crying out, Hosanna, who were crying out, Jesus is the King, they were now divided in their opinion and was now heard to be shouting instead, crucify, crucify him. And so as we pause at this point, I think it's important for us to reflect on our view of Jesus. Because our devotion, our attitude, and our behavior towards Jesus will very much be determined by the way we view him. So do we admire Jesus simply because he's just our friend? Do we admire Jesus simply because he provides only for our needs? If that is so, then we only seek him, we only see him as someone when there's a problem. When everything is going on fine, Jesus, don't bother about me. Is that our view of Jesus? Or is our view of Jesus as the Holy Son of God, as the one who is our Savior, who died on the cross for our sins? If that is our view, then we need to change our perception of Him, isn't it? 
So what is your view of Jesus today? On the road to Calvary, you find that Jesus not only picked up admirers, we find that Jesus also picked up some opposition. You see, in what was an otherwise jubilant scene of celebration involving singing, shouting, the Pharisees, the opposition of Jesus, were not unaware. They were there. They knew what was going on. And responding to the people's shout of joy, we are told that they quickly sized up the situation and concluded that Jesus' followers, they were proclaiming him king. To the Pharisees, this cannot happen. And so as quickly, when the polarizing this, we are told in verse 39, the Pharisees went to Jesus and told him to rebuke his disciples. Simply put, they were saying to Jesus, tell them. Tell, tell your disciples, tell your admirers to stop all this nonsense. Or else this will upset the Roman soldiers and we will all get into trouble. So there was opposition. And what was Jesus' reply? Look, we went to verse 40. Jesus' reply was that even if he tells his followers to be quiet, he says that the stones themselves will cry out with joy. And perhaps that's what the Apostle Paul had in mind when he said in Romans 8.22 that all creation will grow, all creation will grow for the deliverance and for transformation. So we find that Jesus, on the way to Calvary, picked up some opposition. And of course, you know that this is not the first time Jesus encountered opposition. Jesus had been opposed from the very beginning of his ministry, isn't it? In Nazareth, the synagogue crowd didn't like his interpretation of the prophet Isaiah. When he healed a man on the Sabbath, the Pharisees accused him of being a Sabbath breaker. When he proclaimed that he could tear down the temple and rebuild it in three days, the Pharisees tore their clothes and shouted in disapproval. So Jesus was, you know, uh, uh, opposition was not something new to Jesus at all. But this time, it was different. This time, the opposition that Jesus faced was serious. Why? Because the opposition was all out determined to stop him at all costs. He was becoming too popular, too charismatic, and too much trouble to be allowed to continue on. He had to be stopped even if it meant silencing him. So you see, it is no surprise that Jesus picks up opposition on the road to Calvary. There have always been and will always be those who oppose the work of God, those who reject the love of God, those who will ridicule the Son of God. And if earlier I asked the question, what is your view of Jesus? If you claim that you view Jesus as a holy God, if you view that Jesus is your Savior, your Messiah, then church, listen to this. The implication for you and I is to obey His commandment and to do the things that pleases Him. Because the moment we don't do this, we end up opposing Him. This is as simple as that. If Jesus, you claim to be your Messiah, a holy God, we must be willing to be obedient to what he tells us to do, or else we will be in opposition of him. But more importantly, 
we find that on the road to Calvary, Jesus picked up the cross. You see, in this narrative of Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem, you and I, we can easily forget the real reason for his coming to Jerusalem in the first place. Jesus did not come to Jerusalem to hear the crowds praising him, shouting Hosanna. Jesus didn't come to Jerusalem unaware that opposition was there. No. Jesus entered into Jerusalem for Good Friday. In other words, on the road to Calvary, not only did Jesus pick up admirers and opponents, most importantly, Jesus picked up the cross. But you might say, you know, Pastor, today is a happy day. You know, today is a day of celebration. Let's leave the gory details of his crucifixion to Holy Week. You know, I guess we can do that. We can gather next, again next week and have two Sundays of celebration in a row. This weekend, we celebrate Jesus' triumphant ride into the city. And next week, we celebrate the victory over sin, death, and the grave. But, but let's, let's not forget, forget that, that for Jesus, for us to celebrate the resurrection, Jesus had to go through the road and pick up the cross. Because, because you see, the road that he traveled did not enter, did not stop at the city. It continued on to the other side. It continued on through the city gate where he will be mocked, where he will be jeered. It will eventually end up in the hill called Golgotha, to the Calvary, to the place of the skull, to the place where Jesus will eventually be seen hanging on the cross, dying for our sins. It is on this road that Jesus picks up the cross. And as Jesus picks up the cross, church, understand this, that Jesus didn't do it as an unwilling subject. It wasn't something that he says, I don't want to do this. He may struggle over this, but nevertheless, as Jesus picked up the cross, he picked up the cross willingly, sacrificially, and obediently. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8 says, Paul writes that he, referring to Jesus, became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. So yes, Jesus struggled. He wept tears of sorrow, like great drops of blood. But yet, Jesus picked up the cross because of us. Because of the debt that we owe to him. And this debt will be removed by the depth of God's deep love as the message of Good Friday and Easter will reveal next week. So the road to Jerusalem was not the highway of Hosanna and Cheers. The road to Jerusalem was the road to Calvary. Jesus knew it, but the disciples didn't. Jesus walked it, but the disciples only followed Jesus embraced it, but the followers fled. And it was for our forgiveness, it was for our salvation, for our eternal life. That's why Jesus had to walk this road and pick up the cross. It was because Jesus picked up the cross, gave his life that you and I, we can live. It was because Jesus picked up the cross that the world will forever be changed. That our lives will now be made whole. That sin has lost its death grip on us, humankind. It was because Jesus picked up the cross 
that you and I, we have hope for the future. So yes, today we gather here, we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry. We know that the eternal difference made in our life and the life of others is changed simply because Jesus traveled this road. And on this road, Jesus picked up the cross. And so as we conclude, knowing that today is the day, the start where Jesus is preparing for his death, the question I think we need to ask of ourselves is this. Are we admirers of Jesus or are we opposition of Jesus? You know, you may say, Pastor, this is a strange question to be asking us. I mean, aren't we all Christians? Aren't we all supposed to be admirers of Jesus? Well, I hope to. But bear in mind, as I already mentioned, in the passage that we've seen, they were admirers, but yet at the same time, these admirers were also the opposition of Jesus. So if we claim to be admirers of Jesus, to be true admirers of Jesus, to be true disciples of the Lord, then here's something for us to note. We cannot be divided in our opinion regarding Jesus. Let me say this. If we claim to be true disciples, true admirers of Jesus, you and I, we cannot be divided in our opinion we cannot be divided in our thinking of who Jesus is. We cannot one minute be crying out like a crowd saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, and the next minute when things go bad, we say, crucify him. Will Jesus at the end of time separate you as a sheep or separate you as the goats? You know, this will only be determined by the decision we stand by today. And church, if we stand by Jesus, let me suggest that this is what it means for us. If today we say that, yes, I make the decision to stand by Jesus, to be true and mindless of Him, then I believe this is what we must be doing. Firstly, we must be obedient to His will. What He tells us, we must wholeheartedly be following it. If we are true disciples of Jesus and stand by Him, we must be reading His Word on a daily basis. We must be giving our tithes to Him. We must be attending church on a weekly service. We cannot one minute come, the next minute we don't come for service. Or we cannot give the excuse that today I cannot come because of some reason and some reason. Because if you are true to Jesus, if you are true admirers, we cannot do all these things. And if you are true disciples of Jesus, you must be witnessing to others. And at this point, I am truly encouraged by Wendy's testimony. That if she can do it, that the harvest is out there, if she can do it, we can also ask God for the opportunity to bring people into our And this is the best time because... Easter is just around the, around the corner. We, we can, can share with one another. We can share with those who we come across the love of Christ. If we stand by Jesus, it also means that we live a life as based on our sermon series. We walk a worthy life pleasing to God. And we please God in the areas of valuing others, caring for others, bearing one another, do good, forgive one another. So the question as I close, 
Is this are we admirers of Jesus or are we opposition of Jesus? Are we true admirers of Jesus? If we are, then we have to be doing these things that I mentioned. And let me say I'm not targeting anyone. I'm not pinpointing anyone. But if God is speaking to you, then perhaps we have to do something, isn't it? And I want to close with the words of the prophet Elijah. In 1 Kings 18, chapter 18, verse 21, after Elijah had won the victory over the prophets of Baal, and the Israelites were there, they saw how God's great mighty power, they witnessed it, they saw it for themselves. And these were the words of Elijah to the people. How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. And church, today, we have experienced the love of God, haven't we? We have seen the goodness of God, haven't we? And the question is the same for us. How long will you go limping between two opinions? If God is the Lord is God, follow Him. Do the things that please Him. But interestingly, the verse didn't end just here. If you look at the last part, we are told, and the people did not answer him a word. I think this is quite sad. That the Israelites saw the power of God, and yet when they were called to make the decision, they did not say a single word. Today, you and I, we cannot keep silent like the Israelites did it. Today, we know that Jesus is starting his final week to the death of the cross, to die for you and I. And today, we have to make the decision. We cannot remain silent. We cannot go on living between two different opinions. We have to stand and make the decision to be admirers of Jesus, true admirers of Jesus. If not, we end up as opposition. So before we stand the response song, I sense that perhaps it's appropriate for us that we spend this moment just reflecting on the decision that we have to make to stand firm. And what it means to stand firm. To surrender our life to Jesus and not to be wavering in our actions. So today as we, before we sing the response song, I want us to just where we are, just bow your gaze, close your eyes, if the word is speaking to you, if perhaps some of you in your own spiritual life, you've been a Christian, that's why you're here, but you've been wavering to and fro. Your Christian life is not, you know, you, 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 you're wavering in a sense, and you need to make that stand today. If the word is speaking to you, I challenge you to take that decision right now. It's between you and God. You don't need to confess or tell it to me, but it's between you and God. Would you make that stand today? Because this is the start of the final week of the death of Jesus, knowing that He came to die for your sins. If He died for you, what decision are you going to make? What stand are you going to make? So as, uh, as I ask Peggy to just play the music, I'm just going to give you a minute. If the Lord is speaking to you,
the Spirit is prompting you where you are, make the decision to say yes, Lord. <coughs> today I don't want to waver, today I don't want to hop between two opinions, I want to stand by you. And church, let me say, you, you make this decision, you must know what it means to stand by the Lord. It's to be obedient, as I mentioned, to His will, to do what pleases Him. Let's just spend, spend a moment as we pause for a minute to allow the Lord to just speak to us.
to be doing what you want us to do, to be pleasing to you, to walk this life that is pleasing to you in areas of caring for one another, doing good to forgive, to live the life that you so deserve of us. And so, Father, as you see these hands being raised, we thank you, Lord. Help us to fulfill this stand before you. That through this, our life will never be the same, that our life will be changed and transformed from now onwards. So, Father, thank you. Thank you. And as we close, as we depart from this place, let's receive the, the, the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in me with each and every one of you, now and forevermore. Amen. Church, remain standing as we have the closing song.